And we need to start hanging out together and actually liking each other. You know, it would be good. Hey, sister, how you doing? You know, and then you see them at Walmart. You're like, oh, my God, there they are. You know, I mean, we got to like each other. You know, I mean, you might not like some of the stuff I do, but, you know, you still need to love me. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I was thinking about I might not like some of the stuff you do. And I'm like, God, do I have to love them? You know, and anyway. So today what we're going to do is we're going to start a new series, and um, we're going to do this series every year. I was like, what do you mean? Well, right now we're going we're to title it At the Table. And this is com- uh, comprised of a lot of frequently asked questions that, that people ask in the body of Christ. And what I'm going to do uh, is every year there's going to be a certain time I'm going to get some questionnaires out there and... And I want you to ask questions, questions that you have. And then what I'm going to do is throughout the year is I'm going to, I'm going to come up with answers to those questions in a series, and we're going to either call it at the table or you asked for it. And I'm going to do it every year around the same time, around the time when people go back to school and things like that. It's just something that God's kind of put on my heart because I've had people say, well, hey, why don't you teach about this? And hey, why don't you teach about that? So you know what? I mean, there's so many topics and so many things to teach about in the Bible. I've taught about the Holy Spirit, I mean, seriously taught about the Holy Spirit, like maybe six years ago. Yeah. So, so maybe you might have some questions about the Holy Spirit you want to ask, and I mean, I can do it kind of a little bit shorter, and it doesn't have to be such a long, drawn-out thing, and then that way I'm not getting to things and, and forgetting about them after a while, and you know, just because there's just so many things in the Bible. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to handle one of those things. And one of the most frustrating things that I've found in church is this, is people get born again, and a lot of times when they get born again, they keep a lot of the same bad habits they had. Or if they get rid of them, they pick up new ones along the way. And it's frustrating. You're, you're like, man, you know, I mean, I'm supposed to be saved. You know, I can't tell anybody. You know, then, then after a while, you start doubting God. Man, am I really saved? Is this really what's going on? So t- this morning, we're going we're gonna to handle some of that stuff. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 15 in the New Living Translation, it says, I don't understand myself at all. This is the Apostle Paul talking. For I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. So what this message is going to be about, it's going to be about changing the things in your life that you want to change, and it seems like you can't. You know, the Apostle Paul had a problem with this, but he conquered it. When you read the book of Romans, you see, you know, the difference between carnality and, 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 and spirituality. You see grace and action in the Apostle Paul's life. And, he, and he, you know, all through the book, he goes back and forth and back and forth. What happens is if you don't change, the first thing that happens, and this should be in your notes, it becomes a part of your identity. You start identifying with it. You become the personality of whatever uh, uh, has taken ownership of your life. And you start becoming, you start identifying with that. So, so, all, so I love all these programs that come around and, and they try to help people get out of these things. But this is what I don't like about these programs. They don't teach you how to truly change. They teach you how to identify with who you were. I'll give you an example. Let's use alcoholism. Hello, my name's Rick and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Rick. 
guess what? I am not an alcoholic. I might have been an alcoholic at one point in my life, but there's a time that I got delivered from alcoholism, and I am no longer an alcoholic. So I don't need to go around identifying myself with who I used to be and what I used to do. I need to identify myself with who I am in Christ Jesus. Because that's who I am. It's not what I've done. As a matter of fact, it's not even if I slipped up today, because even if I slipped up today, I'm still born again. I mean, what happens in church, especially, you know, in, in religious groups, is what happens is this, is, is, is people, they, they come to the cross, they get before they say, God, come into my life, change my life, and boom, they get born again. Then all of a sudden they go out and they mess up, and people, oh, you got to get saved again. No, you don't. You just say, God, I, I jacked up. I need your help. I can't do it without you. You know, when you become real with Him, then all of a sudden the real God that's on the inside of you will take the desire away to do those things. And you'll become better than you were. You'll, you'll start acting better. The Bible says that you become a brand new creation, a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, that the old has passed away, that all has become new. So when you keep identifying yourself with what you used to be and what you used to do, you will always struggle with that issue. People who go to AA, the reason why they start messing up is all of a sudden they, they say, well, I can handle it on my own, but they st still identify themselves as an alcoholic. Then all of a sudden they start drinking again. So they go back to the meetings. Hi, my name's Rick and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Rick. I'm 30 days, it's over now. But, 31 days. I keep identifying myself. I'm struggling. I go by the wine and spirit store. And what do I do? I hit old Mad Dog 2020. Alcoholics know what I'm talking about. You know, because you ain't hitting Mad Dog 2020 unless you're an alcoholic. You know, <laughs> ain't nothing good about it. It's cheap and it'll get you there quickly. Amen. So, as you identify yourself with the issue, what happens is you feel increasingly, and this is in your notes, hopeless and that's the state is is you you're just you're ready to give up there's no hope i'm an alcoholic i'm, I'm gonna stay this way so i have to keep going to the meetings because this is what i am there's no hope for me that's a lie because he who the son sets free is free indeed indeed that means in what you do in your actions you are free you've been set free so then what happens is this, after hopeless, then you become defensive. And this is where you won't let people talk to you to your life. You won't let them speak into your life. You refuse. You're defenseless. Or you're defensive. And you're just, you know, you're, you're fist are up. And it doesn't matter what they say and doesn't matter who they are. You might, you might be nice and smile and be that passive-aggressive person that's... That, that's that's smiling, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the back of your mind, thinking, I'm gonna, I want to scratch your eyes out. <laughs> you, you know, I, I mean, that's just the truth. Or you might, oh, no, 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 but this, but that. But you, you get real defensive. You start defending this thing. And then after you become defensive, what, what happens is you become a slave. You're a slave to it. What's going on is now the issue is telling you how to live your life instead of you telling the issue how you're going to live your life. And that's what happens. You become a slave to it. And if you really want to read about this, because I'm not going to be able to get into it in d detail, 
read Romans chapters 6 through 8. And it shows you the two parts of man. It shows you the carnal or fleshly part of man, and it shows you the spiritual part of man. And just read that and take a look at it and, and soak it in. As a matter of fact, don't read it in the King Jameth Bible unless you really understand King Jameth English. Read it in the easiest translation so you can figure out, because when you start getting to Romans chapter 7, and Paul starts talking about, do the things I don't want to do, and, da, 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 and you're like, <laughs> you're kind of going back, and, and you get spun. Quit reading, thou thine saith, though. You don't talk like that. You know, read it in an in easy translation. Well, you know, I've had people say that, you know, that, 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 that anything but the King James is wrong. Jesus did not speak Elizabethan. He spoke the modern-day language, which was Greek or Aramaic or Hebrew. He spoke the modern language of the time. We need to start speaking the modern language of the time. Amen? See, the enemy wants, to, wants you to be ruled by the carnal or fleshly part of you because if you allow your body to run you, then what happens is you'll keep those old bad habits. But if you tap into the spiritual side of you, then those bad habits will start going away. Sounds easy. But anyway, after you become defensive in all these things, and after you become a slave to it, what happens is you begin to lose your life. Yeah. What, is that, what, what does that mean, you begin to lose your life? You give up on the dreams that God has placed on the inside of you. You start saying that my issues and my problems and my things are so big, I'm not going to be able to do what I know that God called me to do. And you start settling for less than God created you to be. God doesn't want you to settle for less. He wants you to strive. Because, you know, the Bible says that his call is without repentance. And that means it doesn't matter what you did, baby. If you decide that I'm going to go ahead and give my life to God totally, and you decide to follow him, you're going to end up that place that he has called you to be. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you're at today. That's the cool thing about God. He doesn't look at you at who you were. He looks at, at you and who you are. And the way he sees who you are, you are the righteousness of God. You are his righteousness because it says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says about you. You're not some lowly one. Oh, I'm just some old sinner saved by grace. No, that's like saying, hi, my name's Rick and I'm an alcoholic. You're not an old sinner. You're a new creation in Christ. The old man has passed away. He's dead. No longer to come up. Don't raise him from the dead. Look, God wants you to raise people from the dead. He doesn't want you to raise your issues from the dead. You know? So if you're going to do some dead raising, go after some dead people. <laughs> Amen. So what you need to know is God has the ability to turn your situation around no matter where you're at. All you have to do is let him. We have to give him control because he wants our lives to change. He wants to, us to identify some things in our lives that need to be crucified, and he wants us to deal with it. He doesn't want us to say, well, you know, put it aside because, you know, if I hide it, it'll go away. It will not go away. Do you know what a fungal spore is? Everybody's like, what fungal spore? It's poison, and it's in the ground. And if it gets watered and gets, gets some nurturing, all of a sudden, boom, a mushroom pops up. That's poison. 
See, that's what happens is you're putting poison into the ground, and what you're going to do is one, one day the opportunity is going to rise and, and it's going to get fed, and the mushroom's going to pop up. And it's like, I didn't know he's like that. Right. Because you hid that person. What you've got to do is kill that person. Don't let that thing be there. In Romans chapter 6 and verses 12 through 14 in the New Living uh, Translation, it says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. So in other words, real nutshell, he said don't let your body call the shots. Don't let those desires control you. He says instead, give yourself completely to God. You know, that's the key to not letting your body control you. Give yourself completely to God. People wonder why they're not changing. They haven't given themselves completely to God. If you give yourself completely to God, you'll change. If you're not changing, that's it. I mean, okay, let's go home. We're done. I mean, that's really the key. That you need to highlight that, write it on your forehead, do whatever you need to do to, so you remember that, you know. But that's the key. If you ever ask the question, well, God, why am I not changing? Because you have not given yourself completely. It's a fact. It's God's fault. No, it's not. Mm -mm. He just told you right here how to do it. He said, instead, give yourself completely to God. He says, sin is no longer your master. So sin's no longer supposed to tell you how to live. It says, instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to show you how to go all in. Okay? Now you know... Okay, I'm supposed to do it. How do I do it? I'm going to show you. So that way you don't have any reason to say, well, how do I do this? Everybody keeps telling me, you know, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. Well, how do I do it? Okay, here's how. Here's the manual. Number one, get rid of your excuses. See, this is the biggest thing right here. Everyone has a reason why they're not going all in. Everybody does. And most of us have great intentions but we procrastinate. Kind of like this. I don't believe alcohol in and of itself is going to send somebody to hell, but I believe that some people cannot handle it. So instead of playing with it, just don't do it. And then people, oh, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, i got a six-pack left. You know, when that's gone, that's it, I'm done. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You know, while you're saying that in your mind and you're drinking that one, just say, you know what, I need to stop, drop, and roll. Pour it out, throw them away, say, okay, God, I'm taking the first step. We procrastinate. And procrastination, what it does is it impedes us moving forward. We just finished 21 days of prayer. Yesterday was the last day. And, And I'll tell you what, after 21 days of prayer, it's time that we go all in. I mean, praying is just, you know, we're, we're just putting our toes in the water. It's time we go all in. When Jesus was on the earth, he was trying to get people to follow him. I mean, that's what he was trying to do. He had to deal with people with a lot of excuses. In Luke chapter 14, verses 18 through 20, in the NIV, the Nearly Inspired Version, it says, but they all alike began to make excuses. You see that? Everybody made excuses. The verse said, 
I've just uh, bought a field, and I must uh, go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way uh, to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married. I can't come. Okay, let me put that in Greenvillian terms. I just got a new Harley. Please excuse me. I just got me a bass boat. Please excuse me. I got season tickets to the vaults. Please excuse me. Put it. Put whatever in there. Okay. To the Titans. That's on Sunday. Whatever what I'm getting at is whatever, you know, is going on. Oh, I got the sniffles. Please excuse me. Man, I could have had a V8, you know. I mean, really. Now I know how old y'all are. (laughs) God is calling you. He's got a plan for your life. And if you keep making excuses, what happens is you're not going to walk in the greatness that he wants you to walk into. He wants you to continually follow him and seek him with everything you have. He wants you to make the right decisions so that way great and mighty things are going to happen in your life. And just because you have great and mighty things happen in your life doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. Everybody has problems. Then the second thing, first of all, don't make excuses. The second thing is make a break. See, in order to do something, you're going to have to break from something. You're going to have to let something go. There's things in your life that are holding you back from what God has called you to do from going all in. It could be a bad relationship. Now, quit, quit looking at your spouse and saying, I knew you weren't the right one for me. You know, that, that is not what I'm saying. Okay? But you can have a bad relationship in your life that is not causing you to go all in, and you need to change that. Something that's pulling you down. Something that's causing you to to compromise. You might have a computer problem. Click, click. Got children in here. Don't want to really go into detail. You all know what I'm talking about. And that could be the problem. and, and, and And it's hindering you. It's time to stop. You want to move on with God, you have to stop compromising these things in your life. Make the decision today that whatever is holding you back, that you're making the decision to follow God and not following your body, your flesh, your, your, your mind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14-17, through 17, it says, Do not be yoked. That word yoked in the Greek means common fellowship. So it means this, do not have common fellowship together with unbelievers. Having common fellowship together with unbelievers is not just talking about people. It's talking about secularism. So do not have common fellowship with those bad movies you watch. Do not have common fellowship with those TV programs you are watching. Friends are not really your friends. Do not have common fellowship with some of the music that is causing you to have these old feelings that's causing you to go back into who you are and who you used to be. Don't have fellowship with it. See, we don't have to throw stones at it. We just don't have to fellowship with it. And there's a difference. 
It's just like there's a bar. I don't have to go drink in it. But man, if they got some good hamburgers, I might go eat at it. Oh my gosh, the pastor's drinking. No, they have a really good hamburger. And guess what? There might be someone in there that God has called me to talk to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, he's not going to come here on Sunday morning because you hadn't invited him. And if you did, he didn't come because he knows who you are. <laughs> oh, forgive me, Lord. Anyway, so there might be some people that God has called you to talk to. And you need to speak to those people. You can't be scared. Now, if you have a problem drinking, stay out of the bar. But if you don't have the problem, you know, I'll give you an example. I went to this place right over here. I'm not going to tell you the name because we are live on Facebook. Right over here. And I had a couple um, guys that I, 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 I work with that they were like, they're like, hey, you know, why don't we have lunch at this one place? I said, isn't that a bar? <laughs> they said they've got really good food there. They said, oh, I, I understand you're a preacher. I said, no, I'll go. So we went there. And we went there, and the food was pretty good. It's okay. None of us had a drink, which was really, really cool. And we were able to sit there, talk about God, and speak, to, and, and speak really openly, and, and it's okay. Now, if it's a place where people are taking their clothes off, don't go. Because you're not going to walk in there with a stick going, okay, help me out. You know, we can talk. That, that's not going to happen. You're going to want to, you know, and then all of a sudden, whoa, oh, Lord, hallelujah, glory, Jesus. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I mean, be smart about what you're doing. Okay? I mean, there's, there's a middle of the road. There's a balance. What's happened in religion, we've got too crazy on one side, or we got too crazy on the other side, and there's a balance that goes right in the middle. See, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And I can be in this world, and I can be anywhere when things are going on, and I don't have to partake of it. You know? I mean, if not, I might as well go to that meeting. Hi, my name's Rick, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Rick, you know? I mean, come on. You know, we can, if, we, if you cannot be who you are outside these four walls, there is something wrong. And it has to change. You need to be who you are and be able to be open with who you are anywhere you're at. So it says, do not have common fellowship together with unbelievers. It says, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? That's talking about the devil. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For what? For we are the temple of the living God. In the Old Testament, the temple was buildings. In the New Testament, the temple is you and I. We are the sanctuary. It says, as God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and separate uh, says the Lord, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. In other words, make a break from who you used to be and be who you're supposed to be. Take, make the break. And when you make the break, fill that break with something. See, if you don't fill that break with something, there's, you're going to have some issues. 
In 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. I mean, in other words, he said, don't make any more excuses. Just stop. You know, oh, it's not that, not that easy. It is. You just have to go all in. That's the problem. It's easy when you're all in. It's not that easy if you're not. If you're having a problem struggling, it's because you're not all in. That's So number three, fill the void. So you have to fill it with something. You have to replace it with something else. You know, if, if you used to, you know, I don't know, do whatever. If, you, if, if riding skateboards causes you to have a problem, uh, start learning how to ride a bicycle. You know, I mean, fill it with something. Do something productive. You know, I, I fill my mornings with, with prayer. I, when I get up in the morning, I, I start just talking to God. And I mean, I don't, thus, thy, thou. No, I don't do that. I said, God, man, you are so awesome. And, and Father, I thank you for this great day that's, that, that you've given me and the opportunities that you have before me. And, and Lord, I just pray protection on myself. And Father, that you have people that come across my path that I can speak words of life to that will help them out, help them succeed. And people go, oh, you know, you're real holy. No, you know what I'm doing? I'm sowing seed. See, if I want to have success in my life, I need to pray for and help other people have success in theirs. See, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. So if I sow into you life, I'm going to reap life. And I'm telling you, you might say, well, that's a selfish thing. No, 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 no. That's just how it works. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. And that's how it works. And when, I mean, that's kind of how I wake up, you know? Those days I don't wake up that way. Man, I have a bad day. Because you say, Pastor, I can't believe you do that every day. No, I don't. I try to. You know, in those days that I do, I succeed those days. But those days that I don't, those days that I, that I fail, I can tell. I mean, I'm like, oh, man, I didn't pray. I didn't, I didn't read the Word. And, and I'm not telling that you have to read like 10 scriptures or a whole devotional. Find one scripture. As a matter of fact, instead of trying to figure out what scripture it is, go to the Bible bookstore and find a book on the promises of God. Just read one promise. God, thank you for that promise. And just start, start meditating and dwelling and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal himself in you. So, so fill, that, fill that void. So I'm going to give you four ways to fill the void. Number one, and this is the first way, is give your life to Jesus. That's the first way to fill the void. See, there are people that have come up to the altar who haven't really given their life to Jesus. They said, be my Savior, but they never allowed him to be Lord. So give yourself to Jesus. Allow him to be the Lord of your life. And I'm telling you, Jesus is really cool. In the late 70s and early 80s in Southern California, I was a punk rocker. I had green hair, orange hair, red hair. I had mohawks. I had all these things in, in Southern California. And I'll tell you what, if Jesus came to reach me then, he would have a mohawk. He would have. He would have have been there to come to my level, to who I am, to talk to me, because he was was addressing my culture and he's addressing me. I'm telling you what, Jesus addresses people where they're at. And that's where it's at. 
And this is what you have to realize. See, what we've done is we've, we've, we've put Jesus way up here. And yes, positionally he is, but he's come down here. See, he came down to the earth to come eye to eye to say, I'm walking with you. I love you. I'm giving you my all. I'm giving you my life. Hey, listen, Peter, no, don't, don't wash. I'm washing your feet. I'm serving you. So he's trying to tell us how to live. He's trying to tell us how to do it, that we are supposed to serve people. Ooh, man, I'm telling you, that's good right there. That'll preach. In Ephesians 5.16, or 5.18, it says, Do not get drunk with wine. That's not necessarily talking about alcohol. I know that people use that for this purpose, and that's true. There's a truth there, but when you do a deep study on it, it means don't allow anything to get you drunk, like sports. Don't be drunk on sports. Don't be, don't be drunk on anything that gets you away from God and Him controlling and giving you control in your life. If you want to live successful with, with Jesus, what happens is if you don't give yourself to wine, you know, you won't lead, you won't get led to debauchery. You know, if you, so, so in other words, you know, like I, and I threw sports out there because like I'm saying, it's not necessarily just alcohol. It's anything you put there that you allow to fill your heart up with, you know, the 49ers are doing good this year. Yeah. So what? I mean, all they do is run around and, and make touchdowns and slap each other on the butt. And, and you know, and, and, and is it fun? Yes, it's fun. You know, I love to watch the game. But I can't allow the game to control me. If I allow the game to control me, then I'm being drunk with wine. All right. So it says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. So that's what we have to replace it with. We have to replace this, this stuff with the Spirit of God. Now, the second thing is get into a small group. Hold on, let me say that again. Get in a small group. Uh, well, you know, I, 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 well, shut up. I'm going to tell you why you need to be in a small group. It's not so that way you can have another little Bible lesson. It's so that way you can start making some friends. You know, I mean, that's one of God's remedies to help fill the void. Because you were not designed to fix yourself. The Bible says this in Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals his sins, that means someone who tries to work on it on his own, does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So he did not create you to fix yourself by yourself. So if you go, go, don't worry, I got this. I can do this on my own. You just said, God, you're a liar and the word's not in you. That's what the Bible says. You can't do it. No matter how, how much you think you can and how much you're hiding it and concealing it and stuff like that, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm just trying to help you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show you why you're struggling and why you're not, you're not going where you want to go. Because you, you know, people say, Man, I want the Spirit of God and I want this and I want that. No, all you want is just a little, a little dab of the, of the Holy Ghost. Ah, he touched me. You know, I mean, that's all you really want. He wants to change you. He doesn't want you to have a little sparkler service. He doesn't want to do a visitation. Hey, sister, how you doing? I just came to visit. He wants to do a habitation. He wants to be there continually. But we have to let him. 
I'm telling you why we're not changing. You know what I mean? Y'all, y'all feel me? Okay. In Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 12, he says, There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. So if you're all alone, I'm telling you, if you're trying to fix it by yourself, there's going to be no end to your toil. Just said so right there. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. So pity the man who doesn't go into a small group. So, so, so pity the man who does not decide to confess to his, his, his friend. I mean, that's kind of what he said. I mean, we're laughing about small groups, but that, that is the design for small groups. So that way you can find somebody you can talk to to help fix your problem. It's not, well, I don't like kayak. That's not what it's about. You miss the point. Well, I'll just get the word on Sunday. You, you totally miss the point. It's so that way we can have fellowship with one another. We can, we can have unity together and we can start getting to know each other. And then that way you can start saying, hey, look, man, I'm struggling in this area. Someone say, you look, I, I was too, and this is how I got out of it. Or they say, look, I couldn't imagine going through that, but I'm going to pray with you. And I know that when we get together that God is going to come in and he's going to straighten stuff out. That's what it's about. That's, that's this, this whole thing. It says also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered. The bottom line is this, by just looking at that overpowered, if you try to do it alone, you're going to be overpowered by your struggle. It says two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. So, in other words, small groups, again, are designed, not for the Bible lesson, but designed to strand you together so you have more than just you and make you strong and have Christ there as the center, allow you to go ahead and not be overpowered by whatever struggle you're dealing with. So, huh? Family. Now, I'll tell you what, and family can be alone. Sometimes we have to go outside of our family. When I mean family, I'm talking about physical family. I'm not talking about spiritual family. Because family, we might all think the same way. We all, shh, keep it quiet. We don't want the neighbors to hear what's going on. And we all might say that. When we need to let a neighbor know, but a neighbor who's a friend of what's going on so we could fix what the problem in the family is. That's what the small groups are supposed to do. Man, Ben, you are on it, baby. You are on it. You get the gold star. Woo for Ben. That's what I'm talking about. But see, this is, this is what it is. Um, and, and then the next thing that we need to do is, is, from this point, is we need to find uh, your purpose in life. The best way to solve a problem is not by trying to solve the problem. The best way to solve the problem is by finding your purpose. When you p- find your purpose, what happens is your problem gets solved. It starts going away. Successful people, it's not that they don't have problems, it's they have purpose. Acts, how are you going to prove it? Here it is. Acts 20, 24 in the New Living Translation, this is the Apostle Paul. He said, my life is worth nothing to me unless, everybody say unless. Unless, unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. That right there just proved that point. It's the the troubles, nothing, it doesn't matter unless I know what my purpose is. 
If I know what my purpose is and I start going for my purpose, then things start changing. It says the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So what happens is Paul is so focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ, his problems meant nothing to him. They started falling down. When you stay focused on what your purpose is, your problems start melting away. Okay. And we're going to close right here. This is what we're closing with. The goal. And here's the goal. Live your life for the good of others. That's the goal. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's the ultimate place that we want to be. That's the ultimate purpose in our life. This is the place where, where you're going to be most fulfilled when you start serving others. Because God has created us to serve people. You know, I go out to lunch with people quite often or dinner and um, things like that. And uh, most people get a little weird on me because most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time I pay the bill. And the reason why I do that most of the time, it's not because I can or anything like that. I do it because I'm just trying to be a blessing to somebody. And guess what? If there's ever a famine, I've sowed a bunch of seed. <laughs> so God's going to meet my need. Woo! Hey, that, that'll preach too. So the scripture that goes with this is this right here. 1 Peter 4.10. It says, each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others. Amen? Now, did you get anything? Then give it up to God. If you got something, come on, give it up to God. See, I know I got something. 